You're listening to episode 152 of This is Type 1. Today, we're covering the basics of what to do when you've been diagnosed. Remember, this is not medical advice. This is pretty much a general guideline for what to keep in mind if you find yourself in the ER or in the doctor's office being told that you have type 1 diabetes as an adult. So we're going to cover what you should probably keep in mind for the first day, the first week, the first month, and then really the first year and, and beyond. And we'll end with some tips from a recently diagnosed type 1 diabetic who has been on the show before. His name is Ryan Griffin from episode 99. So he's still within the first two years. And he has some pretty good advice for anybody who's newly diagnosed to keep in mind for this event if this happens to you. So on the first day, when you find yourself in the hospital or the ER or however you get diagnosed, it's going to be overwhelming. So what's really important here is to make sure that you keep notes. Recording the conversation with your doctor is really a good idea if possible, because you're going to have an adrenaline dump and a cortisol dump just from all of this information coming at you. And that's going to be make it really difficult to remember that conversation afterward. So if you have somebody with you during the doctor's appointment, have them do the notes in the recording so you don't have to remember to. And the other thing for this is they will probably be calmer than you. So that's a, that's my top tip for the first day. All right. So another good one is write down all the questions you have, including what you should do, what you shouldn't do, big questions, small questions. Your doctors and your nurses are there to provide for you and make sure that you have the quality of care that you're going to need to be a successful diabetic. And then ask for a referral to an endocrinologist. Sometimes these appointments can book out months in advance. And type 1 diabetics are supposed to see their endos every three months to maintain their prescriptions. Now, this is really important too, especially if you're new, a new diabetic. They might do like an intake appointment really early on in your diabetes, set you up with all of your prescriptions. And then that next appointment, that'll be like more in depth of like, how are you doing? Are you figuring everything out? Okay. So those first, like, I would say like 10 appointments are really going to be in depth and really beneficial. And that's where you're going to ask, like, if you have concerns or questions, that's where you're going to ask those. Ask for a referral to a certified diabetes educator and or diabetes support group. Now, there's a lot of great diabetic support groups out there. One other thing I will mention is if you go on Facebook and search diabetes support groups, you'll also be able to find that. So if you're not necessarily finding a good one that fits best for you, Facebook, Instagram, any social media is probably going to have something for you to look at and or see if you connect well with. And it's important, especially on Facebook, to specify type 1 diabetes support group because there are a ton of just generic diabetes support groups out there that actually cater to type 2 just because most people understand diabetes as type 2. So if you want a really specific type 1 support group, just make sure you include type 1 when you're searching for it. If possible, pick up a freestyle Libre on your way home from the hospital Doesn't if your hospital doesn't provide one. Meaning if they don't give you a Libre on your way out, go to CVS, go to a grocery store, Walgreens, and go find the freestyle Libre and or ask the pharmacist because they'll know exactly what you're talking about, where to find it, and they'll help you on how to like set it up and everything too. And the reason we're specifying the freestyle Libre is that it's actually an over-the-counter piece of equipment. I don't believe it's something you actually need a prescription for. People can go and just pick up uh, a Freestyle Libre from the store. I've seen them at Walgreens and CVS, but Dexcom and Medtronic sensors are prescription required. Yeah. And I would say too, if you can get a prescription for a Freestyle Libre and your insurance covers it, try and go 
that route first or ask if you're when you're at the hospital like hey can you write a prescription for this and make sure it gets through because then you won't have to pay like i've seen them go upwards of 150 dollars, and then the change outs and cartridges and stuff like that so try and go that route first when you're at the hospital rather than at the grocery store try and figure everything out and you just want to go home yep And then the last thing to keep in mind, and this is by no means a comprehensive list. There are other things that you'll probably encounter on your first day, but at least for this quick kind of summary is at the end of that first day, like take a, take a second and process how you feel or let a loved one or a nurse know how you're feeling. Just let the feelings be there. It's okay to, to have a lot of strong emotions when you've been diagnosed with something that you will never, ever be able to get rid of. And I know that saying that or hearing that can be kind of jarring knowing that you're going to be with this condition for the rest of your life. But the faster that we accept these things, the faster that we kind of come to terms with reality, the easier everything else is going to be, even though there are still going to be some hard days. Moving into the first week, you're going to have a lot to do the first week of a diagnosis. And a lot of it has to do with experimentation and just getting things figured out, kind of starting to educate yourself you're really going to want to talk to your insurance. If, if you have insurance, make sure you talk to them to find out what glucose meter, what strips are covered, what insulin is covered. If a pump or a CGM are covered, you want to make sure that you get all of that information early on. When I was doing research for this episode, I searched through those Facebook groups for the phrase newly diagnosed. And I found out that some people had no idea that their insurances would actually cover things like strips or meters. And while meters you can get for pretty cheap at like Walgreens or Walmart or whatever, the strips are where they get you. If you don't have insurance for strips, they can be exorbitantly expensive. And if you can swing it, make sure you're prescribed for enough strips to test multiple times a day. And by multiple, I mean like 10 to 12 times a day, not two to three, which is what the default is for a lot of doctors when they prescribe these. But you will, as especially as a newly diagnosed diabetic, you will want to be testing as often as possible, just so you have a really good understanding of what your blood sugars are doing. And if you don't have a, um, a CGM or a flash glucose monitor, the next thing you'll want to do is to start educating yourself. And that can be with reading books, listening to podcasts like this one. There's also the Ju- Juice Box podcast. There's Diabetes Connections with Stacey Sims. There's Diabetics Doing Things. There's a whole bunch of other diabetes podcasts out there. So the more exposure you get to this community and the more information you're absorbing from both us, from the online diabetes community, from the Facebook groups, from your doctors and all that reading, the better off you will be. Now, I'm going to read off a list of books that I think are actually really helpful for anybody with type 1 diabetes, not just newly diagnosed. And we'll link to all of these in the show notes. But as a kind of a quick run through, it's The Diabetes Solution, Think Like a Pancreas, Diabetes Sucks and That's Okay, Sugar Surfing, Bright Spots and Landmines, Mastering Diabetes, Type 1 Diabetes for the Newly Diagnosed, Feast, Fast, Repeat, Why We Get Sick, and Lies My Doctor Told Me. Those are all some really good books for anybody to be reading if you're newly diagnosed or even if you're not. The next thing, and this kind of goes in conjunction with talking to your insurance, is informing your employer. And that's only if you feel comfortable with it. I encourage you to go listen to episode 56 for more context on when to tell your employer versus not. It will definitely depend on what kind of setting you work in, whether it's a physical environment, whether it's a corporate setting, whether it's retail. It kind of all depends on the environment that you're working in. But I would err on telling at least someone just so you can get accommodations. 
And that also applies if you're a student in school. Make sure that you're telling the people who have to know so that you get the the accommodations and the support you need so that you can either perform your job well or you can continue um, studying and not have diabetes kind of interrupt things. Another one you might want to do is the week of diagnosis. Take that week off just to get yourself like I when I was diagnosed, I was in third grade. So I wasn't like, it wasn't dire for me to be at school. I mean, it was but at the same time, it kind of wasn't because the paperwork took so long to process. I had I took like a full month off and I still fully wasn't like recuperated enough to be like, Oh, I'm a full present student. It more takes about a year. But if you can take that first week off just to process everything, like this is what diabetes is. I have to call my insurance, blah, blah, blah. Like asking questions, figuring out like, how can I change my lifestyle? Do it. Just say you're sick. If you're not comfortable with telling your employer or your school quite yet that you're diabetic but definitely take some time off and like process everything too. Another thing is getting into a routine of testing your blood sugars is super, super important, especially when you're on insulin shots, which most people are when they're first diagnosed. This will really help making sure you're testing, testing before every meal, when you wake up, when you go to bed, like getting in that routine, it'll start to become part of your daily life and you'll start to get more used to it. A good way to kind of start this is to think of the concept of habit stacking. There's a book on this by BJ Fogg, and we'll link to this in the show notes as well. But the idea is making testing your blood sugar a habit means that you attach it to something you already regularly do. So you already regularly eat food. I mean, you eat breakfast, you probably eat lunch and dinner, like all of the things that you eat on a regular basis. Try to install a, um, a habit stack by testing your blood sugar before you eat. That is a really kind of a core thing that the hospital is probably going to tell you, but they don't really do a good job of telling you how to implement this into your routine. So try, uh, check out that habit stacking book. It's, it's pretty good. Take several long, deep breaths. This is very important. I often forget to breathe when I'm doing something very stressful and taking just a second to like inhale and hold it and exhale. Super important. I do this like in my chemistry classes a lot. Well, now that I never have to take chemistry ever again, I don't have to do that. So hopefully nothing else like that comes up and it's super stressful, but deep breaths, they help. They also help to recenter yourself and to refocus on what you need to. Remember to take care of yourself. Sleep is essential for being a healthy type 1 diabetic and also a healthy person. Even if you don't get great quality of sleep the first week that you're diabetic or the first year that you're diabetic, it's important that you're still trying to get sleep and trying to stay in that routine of this is when I'm going to bed, this is when I'm getting up, this is when I'm getting up to test. Like just just try and keep that routine up and keep trying to get that rest. Then find somebody that you can talk to, like a family member, a friend, a church member, a therapist, a psychiatrist, somebody that you can go talk to about what you're going through now. Even you can text Colleen or I, like send us a DM every now and then being like, Hey, I'm newly diagnosed. What's some advice that you could give us? And people do that. And if you do, you're not alone. Like we get texts regularly about that kind of thing asking, like, what do I do now? we'll give you the best advice that we can. And another person to keep in mind for that are uh, coaches. Doesn't necessarily have to be a uh, diabetes coach or a health coach. It could just be a life coach like me. And depending on what you're going through at the time you you reach out, you might be a good fit for a group program or you might be a good fit for a one-on-one. It just depends. But no matter how, like, how confused you are at the moment or how, how many 
like negative feelings you're in, just know that we're here for you as people to support you when what you're going through. And so please, please reach out to us on Instagram. We will respond whenever we can. To kind of give some background about grief with diabetes, when you're diagnosed, you're essentially giving up your old lifestyle for a completely new one that you're being thrust into. So taking the time to work through those seven stages of grief, maybe not in order, but working through them really does help and starting to understand and recognize like, where am I at with my healing process of the loss of my old social life or my old lifestyle to this new process of doing things. And also speaking on, on the subject of grief, we are kind of conditioned to think that the stages of grief happen in a linear fashion. Like you go through one, then you go through the next, then you go through the next, but no, (laughs) they all happen like out of order simultaneously. Some of them are bigger than others. Some people don't go through any of the stages at all. Some people go through just a couple of them. It, it just depends on your personal experience. So just know that whatever process you go through to grieve, it's okay because that's how you're processing it. Okay, so now we're going to move into the first month of your diagnosis. Congratulations, you've made it. So one thing to keep in mind is to keep educating yourself on what you want your lifestyle to look like. And this is the time to also transition. Like, here's some habits that I made in the beginning that I don't really want for myself. How can I change those? Or let me transition into doing something more productive for myself and start modifying your schedule so that you can understand how your diabetes starts to work with that too. Get familiar with tech, meaning the Freestyle Libre, do you want an insulin pump, CGM, glucose monitors, all of the tech, like, do I want an online doctor? Can I do an online doctor? All the technology that comes around being diabetic, this is the time to start educating yourself. And even Colleen and I don't know everything about the technology side of diabetes. So if you can keep learning and keep expanding your knowledge about what you want and what's out there, perfect. Keep doing that. I mean, we are kind of experts in the tech that we use. So we'll be perfectly capable of telling you all about the Dexcom and the Tandem and the Medtronic. (laughs) But like all the other stuff, we have to do the same kind of research you do. So go back and listen to the manufacturer episodes. Uh, We'll link to those in the show notes as well. We did one on pumps and we did one on CGMs. And uh, those could be a starting point for you to get familiar with the tech. The first month is also the time to start experimenting with your lifestyle to figure out what foods, what exercises, maybe even what doses of medication will work best for you. And that's also going to tie into the honeymoon period, which I'll get to next. Make sure you keep your doctor in the loop with all of this, with over-preparing for literally everything, because early on when you're still in the phases of figuring out your diagnosis, experimenting with things is going to be a little bit more difficult because your body is still undergoing a lot of these changes with like pancreas not working anymore, or at least not working properly. So I talk a lot about experimenting, but I've also had diabetes for almost 27 years. So I am confident in my ability to make good choices about my blood sugar, blood sugar control because I know so much about it. As somebody who's newly diagnosed, you were probably not going to be as comfortable with experimenting and that's okay. Just make sure you have somebody to support you through it and somebody to ask you questions, keep you accountable, somebody to just bounce ideas off of and somebody to help you just go through that process until you feel comfortable enough to do it on your own. I would definitely say run some of your experiments that you want to do by your doctor, like either quick email, quick phone call, like through your doctor's office, an endocrinologist or educator, some just somebody in the medical field, like just because it's so early in your diabetes stage that you want to make sure that the way you're going to do it is safe and what you're doing is safe. 
yeah, there's going to be a lot of people and resources that you encounter on the internet and on social media who have advice for what you could or should do to be a good diabetic. And we don't want you to get into a situation where you end up risking your health because you're trying something that somebody suggested online. That's just not how we want you to go through this. And, okay, so and then talking about honeymoon period, it depends on like when you were diagnosed and how how bad it was at diagnosis, whether or not you'll actually have a honeymoon period. And we did do an episode on the honeymoon period, so we'll link to that in the show notes as well. But understand that you might actually be going low more often because of a honeymoon period. So if you're feeling weird, like at all, test. <laughs> Seriously, just like test your blood sugar. I, uh, before I had my CGM, I just tested like all the time. So I would use 10, 15, even 20 test strips in a day, just because I would test whenever I felt like it. I would test multiple times an hour just because I wanted to have that data, which is surprising considering I did not want a CGM until I had a CGM, which I got a CGM late. So there's that. The other thing for the first month, and this is going to continue, is the grief. The grief will continue to be there. And just remember, it might come in waves. It might be there for a few weeks and then disappear for a bit, and then it comes back. Just be aware that grief is normal, and it's part of the process, and it's okay to, to keep grieving through that first month and through that first year. All right. Your first year and beyond. You are getting there. You've got most of the stuff under your belt at this point, most likely. And if you don't, that's fine too. But this is probably what your first year is going to start to look like. So you're going to keep experimenting, whether that's being with dietary restrictions, what you can eat, what your low carb snack is, because juice doesn't cut it for some people. Fruit snacks doesn't cut it for some people. Smarties are awesome for Colleen. They don't work for me. It's just one example of something you could experiment with. Keep finding ways to connect with the community and make friends, whether that's reaching out to Colleen and I, Facebook groups, staying up with your support group, going through JDRF or other diabetes communities that are there to support you. You're going to keep educating yourself on what your food does to you, how your insulin reacts to certain things, what your insulin does, and just kind of like more tech and stuff like that too. If you're, this is, the first year I didn't get on a pump until this first year and beyond section. So this is probably where you're going to find that, wow, this pump sounds really awesome. And I really want to try it. So definitely keep that in mind on if you want to get on a pump or if you really want to stay on shots, that's totally cool too. But just educate and know what's out there. Yeah, that's a really good point about experimenting with the, the different tech because you can ask for trial periods on the different pumps to find out which one you like. What I found cool is uh, there was a diabetes mental health conference that I signed up for and they sent out swag bags. And one of the things that was in the swag bag was a demo Omnipod. Like it Interesting. doesn't, right. You can't put any um, like insulin or saline or anything in it, but you can slap it on your body to see what it would be like to be wearing an Omnipod for like uh -huh. three days. I thought that was, that was ingenious. You can, you can test out the tech without actually having to literally insert it on your body. You could just stick it on. It's kind of cool. That's what they did with my first pump was I was on saline solution for a week with insulin shots just to see if I would like it or not. Absolutely hated it until I got on my actual pump. And then I was like, Oh, I can, I, this is pretty rad. I can dig this. So yeah. And then remember that things will vary day to day. We've literally said this before. Diabetes is the definition of insanity where you keep doing the exact same thing 
every single day expecting the same results and they they just they don't turn out like that. So just know that you're going to have some really awesome days and then you're going to have some really not great ones. And that's not to say that you're doing anything wrong. It's just that's just how diabetes is. <laughs> okay, still in the first year and beyond grief. It's like I said, for the first month, it's going to it's going to be there. It, it has the possibility of popping up. Remember, it's okay to keep grieving for as long as you need. And then the last thing here is don't stop living your life the way that you want. Take some time to figure out how you can actually integrate diabetes into those things. And if you're having trouble figuring this out, even if you're past a year and you're, you're like, have, you've had diabetes for a while, you still can't figure this out, send me a message because this is what I coach on in my program. Okay, but here are some general tips to remember when you're recently diagnosed. One is that you didn't do anything wrong. You haven't done anything wrong. Diabetes is just something that happens to people in the world. Like you didn't get picked to have diabetes because some karmatic event in your past life that caused this. Like it's not something that you caused or that could have been caused by something that you've done. So just remember that you are guilt free in all the diabetes stuff. And it's okay to be upset, sad, and confused and to feel those emotions to kind of be like, stay there for a minute too. Like it doesn't have to be like over in a snap of a finger as soon as you recognize what you're feeling. You can take some time to process that, but accepting it will make things a lot easier. Like I am diabetic, like even repeating the phrase, I am diabetic, like when you're newly diagnosed can really help. And just saying it out loud can really help too. Or if you're sensitive to the way things are phrased and you don't want to be called a diabetic, then saying I have type 1 diabetes, that's an alternative to saying you're a diabetic. Yeah. Ask for a CGM or flash glucose meter or take a lot of BG readings as this will help you understand how different foods and activities will affect you. Or my parents did this where we tested every two hours like religiously, meaning I was testing up to 12 times a day just like for the first year plus to see how my blood sugars would be affected by what I do in a daily basis. So then my parents and I could better understand what's going on. And then BGs will be all over the place for a while. And that's okay. Because one, you're in the honeymoon phase still. And two, you're learning something completely new. You'll work through it with your endo and your care team really closely. And they'll, they should be there to provide and help you in ways that you need to be provided for. Another tip is if you really don't vibe with like any of your care team, you can switch. Like you can immediately, if you don't like who they, the hospital like recommended, you can immediately transfer to a different endocrinologist. No questions asked. Remember, you aren't alone. You can reach out to the diabetes online community for support. You can reach out to us. You can reach out to whatever support network you have. You also want to research the different technologies that are available so you can decide which one you think will work best and then test them out. We talked about that uh, for, I think, the first month and beyond or first year and beyond is just keep experimenting. And then the last tip that Ryan shared is you will have burnout periods. So don't be too hard on yourself. Remember, not every day is going to be the same. This is literally insanity, but I think sometimes it can be fun to be dealing with the insanity. Just have to get used to it. So now it's your turn. If you were diagnosed as an adult, Think about the things that you wish you had known in the first year. And I encourage you to share those insights with your diabetes community, wherever it is. And if it's on Instagram, tag us at this is type one pod. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. 
Are you ready to feel better with type 1 diabetes without changing how you manage it? You too can go from resenting the highs and the lows to never again feeling like it's dragging your emotions behind the worst roller coaster ever. It starts with a free call. Ready to live your life without worrying about what your CGM says? Head to inspiredforward.com slash coaching to get started.